You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today to have Amy Slater on the show to talk about to scale or to pivot. Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, Asher. Thanks so much for having me. So we spoke a couple of weeks ago, and now we're on a Friday afternoon enjoying a podcast. I mean, what more can the world ask for? You know, like this is the this is the new normal, I guess. It is a great way to just you know cap off a very very exciting week. <laughs> I have to tell you, like I, when we first started doing podcasts, I didn't actually think that this would be this much fun. But the wealth of information that's out there with folks like super experienced folks like yourself who are willing to share is, to me, it's phenomenal. So thank you for being willing to actually share all of your experience and wealth of knowledge with other people first. Thanks. Sometimes I feel a little bit like Yoda. It's, <laughs> I never thought I was going to be the old wise one. Hey, <laughs> I, I was supposed to be young forever. I, you didn't say it. I, I said, said it. Experience. <laughs> I know. I know. But... <laughs> Age and wisdom go hand in hand. Hundred percent, hundred percent. After the three white hair that I have on my hair on my mm-hmm. head, I feel like I'm joining the. I'm potentially joining the club, you know. Yes. All right. Good. That's good. So we are in good company. Super superb. All right. So tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. Sure. Um, I would say it certainly isn't linear. Uh, how you get anywhere? Um, I started in my career many years ago, decades multiple decades ago. And I just sort of jumped into, I jumped into sales, I think kind of by accident. And uh, I like to say that my career has followed the network, you know, on the path of a network, started in telecommunications and just sort of brute force selling. And in in my day, uh, you didn't really have an inside sales organization. You did it all from, you know, soup to nuts, had a Rolodex, and a card case and I just, you would cold call to get appointments and then, you know, it was really selling from A to Z. And, but I knew right away that I wanted to go into management and uh, in, a, in a leadership type of role. I was creating mentor programs for new hires and I was only in my, you know, early 20s myself, but I just really liked sort of t- teaching people. And so I knew very early on in my sales career that leadership is what I wanted and I just kind of followed along the trends, industry trends from, you know, telecommunications and, you know, transport and T1s and DS3s. And then I moved into um, actual network devices and moved to Cisco and then moved to, you know, the cloud, which is sort of where everything was happening in the cloud. What's the cloud? Early stages of salesforce.com. And then a few other assorted jobs along the way. Uh, Did a little bit of work on my own. And then, uh, and now I'm at Palo Networks and I've been here for three years uh, in cybersecurity. 
Wow. What is your what a journey? I was gonna say you remind me of the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross days, but maybe moving forward we should call them the Glenn Gary Amy Slater days, you know? Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> exactly. I do remember that. I do remember that Glenn Gary they all those 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 special leads. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the topic a little bit. And, and and I want to set the stage because this is the beginning of the year. A lot of people are trying to figure out what are they going to accomplish this year? Are they going to stay? Are they going to move? What do they do? How do they navigate? Most successful careers, as you rightly alluded to it, are not linear, right? You can think of where you want to be, but you also have to ride waves. And and catching and riding waves is a special talent, right? So let's kick this off with with should you stay at your job or should you move? Yeah, there was a song, right? Should I stay or should I go? But that that might be, you know, aging myself. Should I stay or should I go is the question. Uh, and it's a great question because a lot of people ask that today, especially in this kind of strange time where you, the, the boundaries of work are, are, are fading, right? Between you could almost be anywhere for some jobs. It's not a requirement that you have to actually be able to drive there. So I think it's an opportunity that people are looking at new things, say, I've got just a, a broader set of opportunities potentially, especially in sales, where it's not a requirement that you're, you know, sitting sitting in traffic or commuting. And so that's one thing that I think has, has changed the landscape of, of opportunities. But what, what I think is important as people are, are looking, it depends on what stage you are in your career. When people are early in career, what I have noticed in um, the last several years is that six months down the road, someone's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next thing just because of this sort of anxiousness about getting along, getting on with it. And we're just so used to this kind of um, headline news, you know, type of activity, right? We want it quick. We want it now. I need to move my career. For me, I mean, sometimes it would be years before you get promoted and, and things. And so I think some of the movement that we see is that people just getting anxious, this high achievement mindset, which is great. But I think, you know, there's there's a difference between grinding it out and and then actually taking the time to settle in and learn. And, you know, so should I stay or should I go? First of all, if it's in a particular, if you've been a, in a role for a while, are there other opportunities within the company that you're in that you could move into versus starting all over again and rebranding yourself and, 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 and taking another, another step, you know, outside. It is not linear. It certainly is a web. I'm have moved from a lot of different companies in hindsight. I think I was too quick to change instead of reflecting and saying, am I just feeling itchy to go do something new because I, you might get bored in a particular role. And then you think the only way up is out. And sometimes companies are situated that way, that, that there are not career paths that are very well um, ironed out. And I think as employees, we often want someone to create the path for us. I've learned over the years that we have to create the career that we want. And so in, in, in hindsight, if I could tell my younger self, be patient, ask questions, and create a sense of exposure across the company where you're working um, to say, what other opportunities are there for transferable skills? And if you go and move into a different kind of role and it's not the right thing, you can always move back. And so I think there's this fear that people have, a fear of change. 
am I going to like it? What should I do? And so sometimes people get either paralyzed or they just jump ship and go to another company because I think that's the path of least resistance. Yeah, I, I can empathize with what you just said, because many times even I've thought that, hey, you know, it's like it may be just easier to go somewhere else and take a chance versus battle this thing head on. Right. And uh, and and some of my mentors basically helped put this framework of education, exposure and experience together. And and, if, and I kind of like going through those thought experiments that through that learning, I really thought that like you, one can actually uh, study a lot. Right. And uh, and learn, uh, learn by doing right, because learning has to happen outside of a outside of a book. Right. Or you can expose yourself. Now, this exposure thing is a little bit of a double-edged sword because if you get exposed to too many things super fast before you can understand them, then you're over-educated and under-actioned, right? Mm -hmm. And so you, you you find yourself in this like like thing where you want to do something, but you can't because you have not earned the right. And so you kind of get into that. So I would, I would caution people on, on that point. But exposure, or I would say... Uh, uh, if you ask permission-based exposure is actually really good. And then the last one is, of course, is experience, right? And and if you, um, at least I feel like in the day and age that we live in, if you ask somebody for something and it it sounds like you've done your homework, most people will give it to you or they'll find a way to get it to you. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I actually had some conversations with some people this week about that, just that I spend time mentoring and some just wondering, I'm not sure I even want what the next step is in this particular role. So what, I like the company, but what else can I do? And I said, well, you don't know what you don't know. So you need to gain what you're suggesting, which is what I suggested, which is exposure. And yes. so that's why leveraging mentors and people like that, who can help you open the doors for some of that exposure. So to this particular person, I said, okay, great. Here are three people I would suggest that you speak to. Here's one who just went through the same decision that you made and made it and made a decision to go this way. Here's a more senior type of a leader who is in an area that might be of interest to you that has transferable skills. And then, and here's somebody kind of who, who here's somebody in the middle. And so that exposure is critically important because we get so attached to our own little ecosystem that even if there were other jobs, we wouldn't know they existed because we didn't ask the questions. And so asking questions and knowing what questions to ask are critically important in uh, evaluating a career journey. And, you know, my advice is always to have a sense of, of patience and uh, because it's very obvious when, when you have a conversation with somebody that they're they're get, they're just kind of antsy, and then and then you just wonder, are you just out there trying to find the next best thing? And so, it really being thoughtful about the the journey and the process um, ends up paying dividends, and uh, you know, take the time to make the right choice. And as you were saying that, right, thinking of like other people that I've known, right, because I'm a big believer in like in if you align with other people and everybody is on this journey with you, then this collective journey is so much greater than just your individual journey, right? But but you actually see a lot of people with what I call 
career anxiety. It's not that they're impatient, right? It's just there's there's so many things that go on in their world. Um, and and I remember when I would say I was younger and naiver <laughs> to stay on the theme. Like 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 you have this pressure coming on from all over the place and you're just stuck in your head. And, and, and do you have advice for like our listeners who maybe some of them are a little bit further in their careers, but, but it happens at all the time. Right. And then I would say the advanced form of that is imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I think one of the things that, and I know it's a topic that we want to talk about and I don't know if I'm bridging the gap too soon, but a lot of it comes back to, a word that we're hearing a lot of these days, which is mindfulness. Are you taking the time to pause, to pause and, and really actually think because there is so much noise out there. And then we get caught up in seeing what other people are doing. Other people, Oh, that person got promoted and that person got promoted. I should be more like them. Or my parents are on my back. They think that I should be here or there. Maybe I go back to school and then it's just too many choices. You know, the land of opportunity, it's no joke these days. And it's, uh, it is anxiety provoking. So I think a lot of it comes down to just taking a pause and really evaluating the other topic we want to talk about. What makes me happy? Yes. And I've, I've read different research things and I'm a huge advocate for happiness. And people say, yeah, well, they say, well, don't always do the job that makes you happy. I said, well, why? Why would I do anything but something that makes me happy? Doesn't mean it's not hard. You know, happy doesn't necessarily mean easy. Yes. There's so much satisfaction and gratification in accomplishing something you never thought you could do before. I sit in some of these meetings that are highly technical, and I sit there, like you talk about imposter syndrome, and I think, if my friends could see me now. You know, and especially when I was early on in my career, I thought that I was a complete uh, fake and you, you know, say, fake it till you make it. I faked it for a long time, you know. So I guess anyone listening who knows me you know that I've been faking it all these years. But it is, there is a sense of imposter syndrome. But I think if you, if you truly take a pause and think, what makes me happy? Challenge makes me happy. Hard work makes me happy. I don't want that. Being bored in a job is, is, is terrible. If you're not, and if you're not feeling challenged, that doesn't make you happy. So take a pause and don't think about what other people want from you, but what you want from you. Having another conversation with someone else who's, you know, questioning, you know, do I go take this other role someplace just because it's a, a bigger title, but I'm not so sure I want the job. Yeah. And so, you know, I, so I, it's really about setting ego. We all have the ego piece. Set yep. the ego aside and say, what makes me happy? And... And what's my purpose? And so those are those are big, heavy questions. Like, what's yeah. my purpose? I didn't know my purpose. I don't think until I was fifty. And I know I'm not. I'm not fifty, I guess. But anyways, <laughs> I'm way over that. But anyhow, when I was fifty, I'm like, oh, I know why I'm here. I'm here to, you know, give advice. I guess. <laughs> I was trying not to go in that direction, but you keep going. Oh, that's there. okay. <laughs> I know. I always go there. I'm, there's, it doesn't matter. There's no. That's the thing. You know, there's no shame in whether you're 35 or 50 or 55. Absolutely. We're all experiencing the same things, just with a little yes. bit of a different lens. Yes, yes. I, I always say optimize for fun. If you're not going to have fun, it's going to feel like a grind. Because a lot of times, if you really like what you're doing, 
and you're doing it for 24 seven, that is a, that is the definition of a grind, but you're just having fun with it. So you just don't like, like think about it that way. Right. And, yeah, but then have, when you don't like it, then it's a grind. Yeah. I have had friends recently since I changed into a new role at Palo Alto networks. That's a global role. So my hours are a little bit different. I have a friend, she's like, you've been working such late hours or you work so many hours and like, like it's a bad thing. I said, yeah, I said, I, I like what I'm doing. Right. Now, and if I did it every day and I didn't get any sleep, I'd get too tired. But, you know, you have to make sure that there's, you know, balance. And yes. everyone has a big topic of work-life balance. Well, yes. it's all about work-life integration. Yes. It's never going to be just even, Steven, or equal. And sometimes you sacrifice one more than the other. But it's the happiness factor. What makes you happiest? And is that sitting around watching Netflix? Eh. You know, or is it? Working on a presentation that I'm pretty excited about, I might do that. But some nights I might opt for binging on Netflix. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I actually like this version, the post-COVID version, or even the COVID version of work-life integration a lot more because in the middle of my day, if I don't want to do something and a meeting gets canceled, I can just go hang out with my kids. I think this is fantastic. You know, like I'm a mm -hmm. big big advocate. Like I've been working remote for uh, over ten years. Anyways, and 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 I had a set routine, like just like military style set routine. But this COVID version of the set routine is actually even better because you do want to go hug your kids, right? Like it's the, it's it's a great thing to do. Or you want to go have lunch. It's with become acceptable to hug your children unless, of course, they have COVID. Then you should exactly. touch them. <laughs> exactly. You know, COVID. we can't hug anybody, so hug whoever <laughs> is there, willing and able. Yeah, um, or or yeah. receiving, you know. So yeah, so. exactly, exactly. No, but it's so true. It's become it's become acceptable to be human. I mean, that's kind of the first time I've articulated that. I think I've always believed in having a human side to work. It's yes. now becoming acceptable yes. that it's okay. A kid walks in in the middle of a meeting, yeah. your dog starts barking, or I was on a call the other day and someone's dog was like playing with a squeaky toy, you know, in the yeah. background. And she was talking. She says, I'm so sorry, my dog, you know, but none of them, none of us think anything of that. What are you supposed to do? Lock the dog in a closet? Yeah, I mean, so we're listener, all more human. Our listeners can't see this, but like three minutes ago, my mom just walked in. And she just handed me some food. She's like, "Maybe you'll need this," and I'm like, "No, I'm on, on a podcast, you know." Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit into the 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 topics a little bit, right? Because I do want yeah. to unpack this because we talk a lot about flex learning, or we talk a lot about mindfulness, or we talk about happiness. Like these are like banner words, right? Or or people talk about growth mindset, right? But mm -hmm. There's so many podcasts that talk about the strategy of these things and the definition, but I would like something actionable. And so mm -hmm. I would love your guidance on that. Sure. So um, FlexLearn is actually what we call our learning curriculum at Palo Alto Networks, this FlexLearn. And really, you know, what does it mean to execute on that and to, to institute something is, is really to make sure that people are learning what they want to learn and where they may have um, uh, sort of the capacity and, and the interest. So it's, and it's all, it's not just about, let's say the product you're selling or sales skills or what have you. There are different things on leadership. They might be trainings on mindfulness. And so uh, Palo Alto Networks has created a program, a FlexLearn program where uh, you, you get to select the kinds of trainings. Now there are some that are mandatory depending on what your, your role is. But there's this flex learn, and they've actually taken it to a sort of a gamification level 
where there's this gold. And I just really learned about this as I was evaluating what kind of things I wanted to be learning. When I had a little half an hour of free time, I decided I'd already had my daughter, so I thought I had a few more minutes to do something else. And so I looked at our FlexLearn, and you get this sort of gold. And so certain trainings that you complete, and then you get to go buy some Palo Alto Networks swag or whatever. You can get a Yeti cup or a hat or a shirt or whatever. And so creating some some fun around it and some gamification. And then you take sort of this, this quiz or this survey, and then it comes back to you with recommendations of what different learning modules you might want. Um, you know, and then there's also, you know, so that's just internal to our company. And, you know, there's also all kinds of things on, you know, with different companies like LinkedIn, LinkedIn Learning, just a tremendous yep. amount. Some yep. they have that's free, and then you also can pay for it. Uh, and it, it's just, it's just so different from how it was when I was just starting off in my career when you had to beg for it, you had to beg for the training, and it was very company specific. And it was always about just the company. Now you talk about things like there are, there are trainings about growth mindset, trainings about mindfulness, wellness. Our company brings in some amazing speakers now to the company and to the leadership team, really to help inspire uh, new ways of thinking, new ways um, of expanding our um, leadership capabilities and through this kind of training. So it's really pretty cool. It's a very significant investment that many companies are making around this this topic. Yeah, no, this is, this is fantastic. And so I guess if we were to dive down, in, a lot of people start with mindfulness and then they listen to a couple of podcasts and then they're download the calm app and then they do like they just follow this thing right like like in your definition like or or from your experience of helping other people like like what is the feel one needs to have to know that they've achieved mindfulness i'm not sure i don't know that it's i think that's that there's therein lies a definition can you is it is it is it about the journey or is there a, a I don't know that there is a destination point that says okay I'm mindful right right like, you know, here I am I made it okay so I made it I made it that way I think when it be I think mindfulness also can come when it isn't maybe so robotic you know I am going to you know because there there we have so many options I'm going to listen yes. to this meditation app every day I'm going to read this book or what have you. I think it's really about, as I just said, it's kind of, it is, it's about taking a pause and and thinking and slowing down. Yes. And not going so fast. That to me is, is mindfulness. It's being able to be in the moment and not so worried about what's next. It's, it's small things. It's waking up without anxiety on Monday morning it's going to bed Sunday night without anxiety, all you know, and yep. pulling yourself together and saying, "Okay, I know I've got work tomorrow, but I'm going to take a few deep breaths." And you, and it, it's when it's woven into your your state of being. I think when it's not something you put on your calendar. Right. I was joking with someone. <laughs> I told someone that my one of my um, 
aspirations in 2021 is to be more spontaneous. So I was joking with him. I'm like, I'm planning to be spontaneous. Now, come on. <laughs> Isn't that a contradiction exactly. in terms that I'm going to plan to be spontaneous? Well, just be spontaneous and, well, and not I have think, to plan for it. I think the issue is if you don't block your calendar, somebody else will do it for you. So. Someone else will do it. Exactly. <laughs> plan the, the unplanned. Plan to be unplanned. Exactly. I need to put on my calendar to be free. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I joke with you, but but I found that to be true for myself in 2020. And and if you don't plan for think time, is what I call it, mm-hmm. you're just not going to have any think time because you're just yep. going to get hit by 70 different directions. And you can do whatever you want in the think time or or walking time or something like that. But uh, but there's some truth to what you're saying. You do have to to plan uh, to have or give yourself some space to do the unplanned things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even I know um, my boss said to me, said, I know you've got a lot of meetings and, you know, with your calendar, he goes, please be sure that you block out some time to think about this stuff Don't you know, and don't get swept away like we yes. all do. And, and yes. even if it comes to turning away some meetings and say that I, not because you have a conflict, but the conflict is I need, you have to, I need a block in my day to actually think about the work that we're doing and we have to do that. And, you know, different companies, ours included, try to institute no meeting Mondays or no meeting Fridays. But then we're like, we're a global company. So what day is it then if in, in India, if we have this day here? And so we couldn't get out of our own way. It really works. When you take things global, it doesn't work. And Uh, especially like, let's say you have a Japanese subsidiary. They don't do no meeting Mondays. (laughs) Mm -mm. Yeah. So, you know, within your own teams, you try to do some things to build I think mindfulness is is a little bit like building a particular kind of muscle, yes. right? We exercise, we exercise our bodies. How about our mind? You know, our the the mindfulness. You have to start to. You do have to do it more methodically in the beginning if it doesn't come naturally. And so we are going to be a little more planned in our mindfulness until it becomes something that is just more more natural. I think. Yeah, last week, and I was reminded of the phrase, stop trying, start training. Uh-huh. And and it's so true, based on what you said, like, you have to train. And, uh, and I think the thing maybe maybe that piece of advice <clears throat> goes into the happiness topic as well, because you do, you can't just keep trying to be happy. I feel like you have to train to be happy. And, uh, and, and if you don't train to be mindful, you're, you're, you're just not gonna do it, whether it is like you said, take deep breaths before you jump on a meeting, uh, drink some cold water before you, like there's a lot of actionable things, but you do have to focus and train for these things. It just can't, well, it's, it's not an epiphanic thing. It's the, it just doesn't happen yeah. to you, you know? No, it, it doesn't. And, 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 then, and bring others along with you on that mindfulness journey of invited some people at times just even work people come let's just take take a walk socially distanced whatever do it but let's just take a walk for our one-on-one actually and be together it doesn't always it can't doesn't have to be the phone but even you know our leadership team our executive leadership team has encouraged a lot of us that you don't always have to be on video shut that down you know you can just have the audio don't don't give people grief if they're not showing their faces i mean i make a point of it just because i like because I'm very expressive, and so yes. I want people to see me when I'm talking. Um, but you know, it, it it you don't always have to be on, you know, and on on video. 
Yeah, I mean, so, so that last part is actually a really good one because during the last year, I would constantly ask people and say, hey, you got to turn the video on because nobody can see you. And, and we're already mm -hmm. remote, it's, it, it's hard as it is. And so, and, and then later towards the December, I thought maybe that causes people more grief. But, but like when everybody's doing it, people automatically do it anyways. But, but you make a really good point on if you keep pushing, you can ask politely one, once you can push politely twice, but maybe the third time there may be some reason why they don't want to turn their camera on and it's mm -hmm. okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my daughter works at Palo Alto networks and I was on a call with her and a few others and she didn't have her video on and I gave her a hard time. She says, I'm just not going to turn it on. <laughs> and then later she's texting me. She says, mom, I, you know, I hadn't showered or something like that. <laughs> it was early. She said, you didn't have to give me such a hard time. Exactly. But, you know, but even, and I have to say, our, our executive leaders do lead by example. They're not always on video in, in some of their meetings. Um, and not to, it's not a matter of lack of respect or anything like that. They're trying to model, hey, we all don't have to have, you know, our, our faces, our faces out there. Now there's a time if I'm on with just one person, I will always have my video on because that's, we may as yeah. well just have a phone call at that point. Yes, and you yeah. can agree to do that. And sometimes I'll get people that call me and say, hey, can we just do this by phone? I'm just, I have Zoom fatigue. I say, yeah, absolutely. Yes. And yes. so I think that's, that's part of mindfulness is bringing others along with you and understanding your own boundaries um, of when you might lose it if you have one more Zoom call. Yeah. And actually, that's a really good one, too, where if you do jump on a Zoom and both of you have had a really long day and you may just want to get out of your house, you can mm -hmm. convert into a walking phone meeting. I've done that exactly. a couple of times. Yep. It's actually a lot of fun, especially in the afternoons. It's, oh, it's, it's great. It's super nice. Yeah. And then everybody and then you feel invigorated as opposed to just like, oh, my gosh, one more time sitting on my rear. Exactly. You know, <laughs> doing these things. So, yeah, mindfulness is uh you have to you have to practice it and then it becomes and then well, that's why they call it a mindfulness practice that's yeah. why it's called a practice so this is great i feel like this a lot of this advice is applicable to everybody but do you have some advice for people who are execs who are trying to let's say unlock themselves to get to the next level um Big, big, broad question there, Asher. Um, yeah, to get to the next level. <laughs> I'm it depends on, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do I have advice for that? I, I think the important, I think what's really important as people are moving through their career and as you get further up, there are just less opportunities for, to you know, really when you're moving up, there's, it's not, it's not as vast kind of look. So you have to be very, I think, clear about what you want. I would say, first of all, be willing to take huge risks um, to, as we talk about, this is about, you know, pivot. Um, yep. I talk a lot about reinvention, that when you have been in the business for as long as I have, you, you, you collect and you create, you get, you develop transferable skills that can work for any number of jobs. Yeah. The job I'm doing today, the new job that I started a few months ago, is very different from any job I've ever done before. And so I think it's when you're, when you're moving on in your career is be willing to do something completely different, but trust, trust your, your experience mm -hmm. and that those skill sets are, are, are meaningful. 
your experience matters to the people you're going into this new job. It's not, don't look for a particular title of a job or just look for the kinds of skill sets that you've developed over time that can be leveraged in any number of, of, of roles. And so I think we sometimes get caught up in, I need that next X kind of job or this job. But you have a lot more opportunity when you look outside, you know, outside the box. And that's yeah. really where the growth mindset comes from. Yeah. I mean, so I always tell execs who are trying to understand and navigate the path that you have to think about the business holistically. And and what you just said is absolutely fantastic spot on. Like there's just less opportunities. But there's even fewer opportunities for people who are not thinking holistically about the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because at that level, you have to connect with everybody. Not connecting with somebody is not an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and because it's a crew, right? Like it's a crew that comes together and you have to have to be, and then you're there to build something. And if you're not there to build something, call it quits right away because mm-hmm. it, you, you're just delaying and prolonging the inevitable. And, and at that point, a pivoting may be a, good, a better option. But that's primarily from my own um, understanding and like watching people and how they've done fantastic and amazing things. And in some cases, they made wrong choices. But in some cases, they made the choice not to make a choice, which was also a good one. And then they just moved, moved to a different place and they figured it out. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was a good end I mean, for just everybody. By, yeah, just by the nature of the word pivot, you can pivot towards something and pivot back. I mean, yes. what it says is, when you think about what, what, is, what is the act of pivoting, right? You have one foot maybe staying in place and you're pivoting right or you're pivoting left. So you're holding yourself in some place that gives you strength and foundation, but you might pivot over here. So just as an example, I'd been in field sales leadership and field sales my career. And then someone came to me and said, I'd love you to lead global sales operations. And I said, I've never done that before. But somebody trusted me more than I trusted myself. So I stayed in the sales ecosystem, but I pivoted to the back office and operations. And so... It, so it's it's staying in some place familiar because it's sales. I didn't go into product engineering. That is not something I could ever do. But I went into something that was relatable and yes. transferable. And so I think when people think those, that's what you kind of think is, where can I take the foundation and pivot right or left or what have you? And, you know, in Simon Sinek, he talks about the difference between the infinite and the finite game. Are you in this to have an infinite game or finite and so it's the people who have that closed mindset and think it's a finite game that may struggle and think, well, there's no jobs out there for me. Well, it's not about the job. Correct. It's about it's you. About what you, it's about you yes. and what you bring to whatever kind of transformation that you, that you might desire. And so you have, to open, you have to open your blinders and not just be you know, looking straight ahead. You have to pivot to find what else is out there. Yeah. Not f- fantastic. All right, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. And uh, we always ask people to recommend two or three people that they trust and respect in the field of go-to-market or data science. Mm-hmm. Um, so because this podcast is has no strategy, right? it does have amazing people that come to the show and leave a piece of themselves on the show. And, and then the show just 
becomes what it is today. And, and it's been amazing for people that are in the US, but even more amazing for people that are outside and global, because we'll often get people from Japan or Singapore or Malaysia or Thailand saying, hey, that was awesome. Like, can I connect with X and Y person? And, uh, and we make those connections. So I'll just ask you, who are two or three other people that you think sure. we should bring onto the show? Sure. So one uh, is someone who I was supposed to be on a panel, but he had an emergency and couldn't wasn't a part of it. But is uh, Lars Nilsson? He's vice president of uh, global sales development for Snowflake, and he's been doing this game for a long time. Really understanding, you know, go to market and and leading uh, kind of that um, that SDR world, um, you know, that that certain you know point of attack. And uh, in terms of demand gen and things like that, really great guy and uh, a, a lot people can learn from. And the other uh, person who I would recommend um, and who is very inspirational, I had an opportunity to be on a customer advisory board with her and she's just done some great things and she happens to be at Zoom and uh, her name is Hillary Headley and uh, she's head of global sales um, and uh, operations and enablement for Zoom. And she's been there, I think, just several years. And, um, I, you know, just super inspirational, really understands that that ecosystem. Um, and, they, and so take her. She's from, you know, doing from a sales operations standpoint where Lars is out there. Uh, in the in the SDR world, so, yeah, we we actually had Hillary on the show, and I was. Oh, uh, did you? How funny! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. She was amazing, by the way. And uh, Mithil, who's the other co-host of the show, actually uh, did did a podcast with her. And 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 actually, internally, I always tell our our our, our team that you know when people start talking about people who we've already had on the show. That means we are in. <laughs> that means exactly. It's that, and that's what I have to say is is super fun about this community and why yes. I do things like this. Yes, is because you know I might go to an event or be on a panel with some you know with someone and I'm like oh my gosh I just saw you at the last one and then you kind of feel like oh yes. right so you yes. you have this kind of world of influence and Lars and I have a funny story because he and I were selected to be on a panel for sales sales hacker uh, beyond quota event and uh, for a panel and I didn't know him and but I just saw his name so Friday night I, I went to an outdoor event and uh, at a friend's house or actually a friend sends me this picture says do you know who this is I'm like no I said it's Lars and I said and I went I had just gotten an email about some Lars guy anyways he was at my friend's house it's such a small world and and yes. I just come up in conversations and say, oh yeah I have a friend and she's at da, da, da. he goes Amy Amy Slater he says and he pulls up his email and goes I think I'm on a panel with her and then boom <laughs> and now and we you know we're practically neighbors so and I was on a call just the other day with uh, uh, someone who's a, a rep who wanted to get my insights about Palo Networks and we're chatting and we are practically next door neighbors. You know, we just. Oh, you're oh, literally. I mean, you're in real life. Literally, we're in like the same oh. town. We're like in neighboring <laughs> towns. And we were we were chatting and I said, oh, and where do you live? And she says, oh, I, you know, I live in Larksburg. I said, oh, I live in Greenbrae. We're literally my daughter's high school is like next door to this person's house. So, you know, it's just this community is yeah. is, is 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 pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is. And, and, you know, what I do love about this is everybody's willing and 
able and open to help other people. Well, I do want to make sure that our listeners understand this piece is you got to come with a specific ask. And sometimes people think that that's rude. It's actually not because executives love specific asks because if they can help you, they will. If they can't, they won't. And if they just cannot, they'll tell you now is not the right time. And then mm -hmm. just do that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Don't be afraid to ask. I had a, another yeah. another you know conversation with someone today who I had worked with uh, back in Cisco 15 years ago and wanted to have a conversation and reach out with a very specific ask. And of course I will. It's the people that, that just sort of ramble or they, they want to just pitch you something. Yes. That is, that's, that's not a way to get to someone. And, you know, but at the same time, do ask because we may be you never su know. super yes. busy. We yes. are. But if someone is interested you'll make the time. We can always find an excuse not to do things. Look, I'm not, you know, I got a lot on my calendar, but this kind of thing fuels my my drive to actually do my job. Yes, 100%. And, and you may just learn something. And it's like both ways, right? Because um, there are the, the, the executives also need to have some sort of outside in thinking and oh, uh, absolutely. And and if you can actually, I know everybody says like demonstrate value. I actually just say demonstrate being a human, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? and and just try, it. just keep trying, and, and and it'll be fine. You know, like it's it's it, you just, it's not this uh, this uh, quadruple. It's not a one way street. Yes. I was having a mentoring conversation with someone the other day, and and our time was up, and he said, uh, and this is someone I'm mentoring, and he said. Well, next time he says, I'd like uh, to be able to give you some feedback. And I'm like, I said, uh, why don't you just give it to me now? No. You have me nervous. He said, no, I need to think about it. And, he said, and I said, and then, of course, I get all panicked. Is it bad? He said, no, he said, he said, you know, you're my mentor. He says, but I think it's important not just for you to give me feedback, but I should yes. give you feedback um, on the experience yes. because, cool. after all, we're both learning. And I thought, Oh gosh, now I'm not going to sleep wondering what you're going to say. But that's but you're right. That's why we do that. We do it not just to be philanthropic. I mean, the amount of what you, you can learn when you are in a mentor relationship as the person who's mentoring. It's it, it, I I feel like I'm selfish when I have these conversations because they're so they are incredibly meaningful. Yes. Well, so people just need to ask, but be specific. Yes, but be specific. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like like so many people will help you. It's 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 a blessing. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move to the next next part, which is uh, because in this world, you just don't know what is going to go viral. So I always ask people if they were able to condense their podcast into a hashtag, which what would it be? So Amy, what would your hashtag be? Oh, well, I, I have a hashtag. I have a hashtag that I always use that is sort of about my philosophy on life. So I don't know if it's exactly about this podcast, but okay, that's great. Uh, and it's it's probably overused. But when I came up with it, I didn't think I really didn't think it was. But my hashtag in leadership is always or has been since I started Palo Alto Networks is hashtag better together. Great. Uh, because it, it doesn't matter if it's personal, professional. Um, we can do things on our own, but why? Why always do it on your own? Why not yes. have someone there um, on the journey with you? And yes. so better together has always been 
um, at least certainly in the last bunch of years, that has been my my mantra has been better together. Yes. No, Other than when I was when I was had to have my own business uh, before I started Palto Networks, I had a business yeah. and I had someone who was doing social media for me. And every time he put something on LinkedIn or whatever, he did hashtag Slater says. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm not sure I like that. You know, and then and then I have you know my daughters keep saying, oh, mom, Slater says, and they give me all this grief. My friends saw your post and they said Slater says. So that is not the one that I want because I. But when I was, but I was branding myself because yeah. I was my company. You yes. know, I didn't have the luxury of this amazing brand like Palo Networks. Yes. It was just, it was just me. So it became Slater says, but my desired hashtag is hashtag better together. Yes. I'm, and I am locked up with you on the poll better uh, the, on better together, because I, I believe it's too, life's too short to do something alone. It, it doesn't make any sense. And, and if you want to have fun, you know, you got to do with other people, they could be your kids, they could be your wife, they could be like, every, mm-hmm. like everybody, right? But, but together, you can actually do things. And the magnitude that you could do things at is just far larger than you can do anything by yourself. So thank yeah. you for sharing and, and, that. And, sure. And we joked in COVID with my the team that I was managing before. And we joked and called it, you know, we're alone together. Right, because we're in COVID. Like, yes, yes. We're alone together. <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> we're alone, but we are together somehow. <laughs> I I was just picturing when you were saying Slater says. I was just picturing maybe on one of your birthdays, your cake actually said Slater says, or oh, yeah. Thanksgiving would be amazing with you in your household or the Slater household, and everybody's kind of Slater saying it all over the place, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I got I have three daughters, and they're all they're all Slaters for now. So. <laughs> That's great. What a blessing. Um, as we continue uh, wrap up the podcast, right, there's a lot of people that would may want to reach out to you. Right, again, our audience is global, so and you're in a global role, which is great because people can connect with them on their yes. own time zone. So this is awesome. Absolutely, yeah. And so, what uh, uh, what would be the best way for people to connect with you if they had a question or thought about what they heard today? Sure, I'd say the best way, and I am very responsive, would be through LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and it's Amy Slater at Palo Alto Networks. So um, that's the best. It would be on my LinkedIn. So it's not linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Slater says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can look up the hashtag Slater says and you'll probably find me. <laughs> that's fantastic. No, that's, oh, my is, kids will kill me. <laughs> well, Amy. Thank you so much for coming on to the show and sharing your wisdom with us. And and I truly appreciate uh, all the guidance that you've given today and uh, best of luck in your journey. Thank you so much, Asher. It's a blast. Thanks. Good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.